I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Postcard from the Past and Wardoff Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is the podcast where each time my guests revisit picture postcards that they, for some reason, held onto. And together, we try to understand what it was that caused them to keep these tiny cardboard rectangles. Each time, I welcome to the studio two guests, and it's their postcards that act as Proustian prompts difficult to say, to memories, mysteries and stories, uh, or sometimes something altogether different. I'm Tom Jackson. I'm delighted to say today my guests are novelist Caroline O'Donoghue and journalist Esther Weber. Esther and Caroline, welcome to Podcast from the Past. Thank you. Hello, thank you for having me. Now, uh, Caroline O'Donoghue is a freelance journalist. Um, she also casts the pod uh, who doesn't these days, um, in the Sentimental Garbage podcast, yes. um, which attempts to discover what it is that makes chick lit tick, which is not easy to say. Very good. Yeah, we're both in the business of sentimentality, I believe. Well, I, 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 I protest that I'm not, but I, I know that bits of me are. So, uh, And I, I guess the same with you, really. You're, you're slightly um, yeah. railing against the notion that this is sentimental garbage. That's yes, not exactly. meant to be a description, is it? It's very much a tongue-in-cheek um, response. It was born of going through a lot of Amazon reviews and seeing, oh, there's, there's a theme here. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't, don't fight it, use it. Use yes, it for exactly. yourself. Yeah, very Subverting good. It. That becomes the shield and the sword. Um, and and uh, Caroline's uh, novel, Promising Young Women, did a neat job of persuading you as a reader that it's a romantic comedy of modern manners and office life before she throws the switch and realises that she's bringing to light issues around consent, coercion, friendship and healing. Um, and by the time this podcast is out, well, you will probably all be talking about her brand new novel, Scenes of a Graphic Nature, which is out in June. And Caroline comes to the studio today bearing a Kerry postmark? I think so, yeah. Um, so my new novel, Scenes of Graphic Nature, is set in Kerry. Um, it is, it's a funny old place. So I come from Cork, um, which is a county in the south of Ireland, but people who are from Cork generally holiday in Kerry. OK. Yeah, it's our Bognor Regis, do you know what I mean? Um, and so I, think I, I think I did. <laughs> and so ever since, since I was, you know knee-high to a grasshopper I've been bundled into the car down to Kerry which is a beautiful extremely rural um, just stunning seaside county and um, the thing about about Kerry is that uh, you'll no matter how long, how many times you've been there if you, you could marry somebody from there and you would always be an outsider they always oh. treat you like a blow-in even though my family have been going down there for 20 years they always treat you like a blow-in you're always an outsider but everyone's kind of an outsider down there and I just I sort of love I love the sense of mystery that gives the place, you know? Well, that prob- probably if you lived there, you'd, you'd lose all that fun anyway. It would yeah. become very mundane. So. I like being a visitor and I like, I like kind of, you know, yeah. It, when I first quit my job and sort of had a stab at the whole freelance writer thing, I spent a month down there with my father, just the two of us in a kind of mobile home that hasn't been up- updated since oh the early God. 90s. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like... I'm not sure I could do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> you're writing one book and getting material for the next. It was, a, it was actually it was hilarious, actually, because, um, you know, the whole time I was there, I was like, um, you know, my dad's in 70 this year, and I was like, wow, this is the longest time I've ever spent with my father, just the two of us alone, and how... How wonderful to get to know him as a friend and not just, you know, bank of dad anymore, you know. And we had this beautiful time 
time. We had so much fun. We la- We went for dinner every night. We laughed ourselves silly. <laughs> I went back to London, got a call from my mom saying, your father's got a brain injury. And I was like, oh my God, when did you get that? He's like, we think when he was down there with you. <laughs> Oh, and so he was lightly brain damaged the whole time we were having this transformative time oh, he's fine now okay. don't worry okay okay he had, he had a series of small very adorable strokes okay okay <laughs> oh gosh well um i'm glad that uh, kerry stays with you with some kind of meaning anyway. yes That's it does very, it's very layered now caroline do you still send postcards no, I'm a I'm a poor postcardy and a postcarder. I'm afraid. Um, when Strike you, one. I know, I know. When you approached me about this, I was so delighted to be asked <laughs> that I sort of fudged my way in. I was like, oh, I don't really have that many postcards around the place, and um, and you said, Fine. I'll, I'll reassess your application letter. <laughs> Um, no, I'm, a, I'm I definitely, like everybody else, I love a museum gift shop and um, I use them as bookmarks and that kind of thing. But generally... That counts, I think. I possibly, yes, I think it probably does count. But I think for me, cause, because I've been, because um, I moved when I was quite young, I, I emigrated when I was 21 to England. And since then, or for a long time, I was moving around every six months and there was no... Um, time or space for sentimentality. I just dumped things. I binned things. Early articles, love letters, they all got binned. Wow. And it became very nomadic. And it's only really in the last three or four years where I've started to build up my sentimentality again. And I've started <laughs> to build things, you know? You, you, you're describing sentimentality uh, uh, the way you might describe um, having cushions in your living room or something. Is, that, is, <laughs> no, is, is this the same right. thing? I, yeah, I think when you're doing the poor starving artist thing and you're um, living in bedsits and living on mattresses and all that kind of stuff, it, you don't you kind of you need to be quite nomadic, and you can't hold on to teddy bears, and you can't hold on to that kind of thing, and 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 so I'm I, a low-level cultural refugee. Yeah, yes, yes, precisely. Yeah, it's a wonderful way of putting it. Yeah. Oh, well, good for you. Good for you. I, I excuse you. I excuse you. <laughs> now, uh, Esther Weber is the reporter for the Times Red Box Morning Email, um, and she helps to unpick, unravel, and doubtless unburden herself of the baffling world of British politics. Uh, ever baffling, more baffling every day, I think, yeah, at the moment. Yeah, until I have a job on if I was actually going to explain it, but at least I can make jokes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, well, uh, yes, the ultimate explanation can, is, is history, isn't it? That happens yeah. 50 years hence. Yes, yeah. Um, and I used to specialise in covering Parliament and procedure, and before she was filling that red box... Uh, you were the BBC's news, BBC News's parliamentary reporter. Yep, that's right. So I used to spend all day, every day, pretty much, watching the Commons and the Lords, and somehow that didn't send me altogether crazy, um, because I'm still here. And I still sort of take an interest in the parliamentary side of things when covering politics. Um... And, I mean, there's just endless amounts of material, you know, whether it's, um, you know, some peer giving us a recipe for eating squirrel or, you know, people falling asleep during committee hearings. It just is the most endlessly fascinating place. And the reason I find it fascinating is because I'm still trying to understand it. And are you looking for those... You talk about the squirrel recipe. Yeah. Are you looking for those odd, strange bits? Is that something that yeah. catches your eye? Yeah. In the same way that I, when I pick up a postcard, I'm not looking for the bit that says it was sunny. I'm yeah. looking for the bit that says Auntie Flo fell in the sea. You know. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I really enjoy is kind of keeping an eye on some of the less explored corners, maybe, uh, and digging out the sort of weird and wonderful things that are going on behind the scenes for example, recently I noticed um, someone had tabled a written question, uh, which is a sort of formal way of asking the government something about the fact that toasties had been withdrawn from one of the Lord's bars. So obviously that had to come out. Thank God there's nothing more important going on <laughs> exactly, in the country. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have a feeling people in your job at the moment are the ones holding holding back the deluge for the rest of us, so thank God you're doing it. Trying. Um, I did see that you were recently listed by the Evening Standard as one of London's most influential people. That's quite terrifying, yeah. isn't but, it? But I looked carefully at the list. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently you were just below the proprietor of the Evening Standard. Yeah. So that, I'm not quite sure... <laughs> no, that, that was um, quite worrying, I think, because if I'm sort of being counted as an influential then obviously people 
care a lot more about the silly things yes. and the lords than I thought. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you also you can move from being a person of influence to a person of interest and then you're in trouble. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. And Esther comes to us today with an SW2 postmark. That's right, yeah. I was born and grew up in Brixton, so I've seen it change a lot over the years, obviously. Um, and also some bits kind of remain impossibly, immovably the same, yes. which is what I love, really. Um, and I sort of feel, because I now live in the same postcode where I grew up, about 20 minutes from my parents, so I think I feel now a bit like a kind of medieval parishioner, like <laughs> someone who's never really been outside, like a three-mile radius of where they're from. And, 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 and then you commute to the, the medieval world of Westminster. Exactly, yeah. I, I'm not really broadening my horizons that much, but no, I never, I have to say, I don't really get bored. Brixton and I, I was there was a phase in my 20s where like lots of my friends lived in East London and I used to go out there a lot and now I sort of feel vaguely offended if someone <laughs> asked me to cross the river um, so yeah there's there's enough going on there to keep me entertained well, I'll have none of that north-south parochialism but uh, <laughs> I entirely agree with you um, and now Esther when did you last send a postcard I actually can't remember that's quite bad isn't it but i have a lot of friends who are assiduous postcard senders and if i'm on holiday with them sometimes we'll sort of write one as a group okay someone who isn't there oh you've got a part share uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so i think i think maybe it would have been rome a couple of years ago yeah. Very good. Okay. Well, we'll excuse that as well. Yeah. So uh, both of you, you're definitely on license regarding postcards. <laughs> try harder. Try harder. Thanks, Tom. Um, <laughs> now, before we see and hear the cards that Esther and Caroline have actually usually brought along, uh, a quick one of mine. Um, this is, of course, a postcard from the past card, like I do on the Twitter and in the book. An old card from which I've selected um, just a bit of the message. So we'll start with this. This is. Um, uh, Brussels, as I'm sure you can recognise, oh, yes. the, the big square, fantastic colours actually, a very sunny sky and a rather unlikely uh, weather really. <laughs> this is 19, no, can't see the date, oh 76, hot summer 1976 and the message that appealed to me was, um, there's a bitterness in this I'm afraid. Oh, I love it. Linda isn't having any difficulty spending money, despite oh. the language difficulties. <laughs> that is fabulous. That's spiky, spiky yeah. thing to say. You can put you can put that in your next novel, something nasty <laughs> like that. One of your lesser characters can. Yeah. Okay. One more of them. This is a, a publisher called Walter Scott, who um, people don't know much about. Anyway, they, they don't exist anymore. 1984, and they did. Um, this is actually. Do you recognise what these flowers are? I would not expect you to know, actually. Uh, uh, no. Oh. Uh, it's the Glastonbury thorn. Oh. So that plant that I, there's some biblical connection and with a mystical hawthorn. Well, it probably is a hawthorn, but it's like a magic hawthorn, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the message from someone, very poor handwriting, actually. This, I'm afraid. Possibly someone called Pod, Rod, Pod. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sending it to Hounslow, Middlesex. I got told off for singing too loud in the chapel. Keep seeing Westminster banks in obscure villages. <laughs> so, wow. It's an odd thing to say. She has serious small strokes. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if they're writing to some friend of theirs. In, in Maybe they work in Westminster Bank. Uh, so they're like, spot them. Yes. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't oh, you're know. so good at putting context together now yeah. after all these well, years of doing this. I'd just make it up. But uh, anyway, they amuse me. I'd say the bits I like. Um, so um, I should remind everyone at home that uh, images of all the cards that we have talked about and that we're going to talk about are going to be on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, so you can see that we're not making it up. Uh, now, Esther and Caroline, you've been kind enough to come along to the studio today bringing postcards of your own. Caroline, mm. let's start with you. Yes. And you've got a couple here that you were somewhat dismissive of, but let's see what they have to offer. Yes, well, these, these two I'm going to group together. Um, the first one is... Uh, 
Well, it's it's a, it's a, massive. It's massive, too big. <laughs> I think it's because it's by my mother, and she has huge handwriting. So does she always buy big cards? She, though? she does tend to. She now she's a great postcard woman, and um, I know she must have sent me more over the years, and I must have just have been very terrible at keeping them. They and must be on a shelf somewhere you've not spotted. Them. I, I, yes, let's hope so. But I think the. Re- I mean, let me describe what it looks like, which is it is a, a very quintessential 1950s kind of Parisian scene. It's um it's a woman in a beautiful sort of probably a Christian. Dior dress standing on a balcony sort of peering off into the street she's got a lovely blonde updo she's very kind of Grace Kelly the Eiffel Tower is in the background it's a holiday fantasy isn't it it's, that you yeah. would live that way with that sort of elegance yeah compl- totally yeah and it's a, it's very simple it's just hi Caroline Gav and Sylvie Gav is my partner Sylvie is my dog uh, thinking of you all here nice to send all. it to the dog <laughs> nice you know her reading is coming along beautifully so um, and you know I've thrown away so many postcards and I was kind of looking at this today um, wondering why why have I kept this um, from 2017 and I, and I think it is I don't know it's and both of these little postcards I have here the other one is a Simpsons joke and I'll get back to that in a minute but they're both from my family and I, they it kind of I don't see my family very much um, because they live in Ireland or my brother's recently moved here but for the last 10 years they've lived in Ireland and I've lived here and um, it, it kind of reminds me of the way they see me you know? Okay This is your glamorous life No yeah, not, not, not so much but when I, I was very much one of those teenage girls who was really into Audrey Hepburn and really into Grace Kelly and really into sort of getting all the posters and going to vintage okay. posters fairs and watching the videos and stuff and, and, and I think I think teenage girls, especially of my generation, maybe they always have possibly kind of get into starlets, really, because they feel very safe. I think um, particularly the noughties when I was a teenager, there was a lot of the kind of the Paris Hilton thing, the Lindsay Lohan thing, the sort of the One Tree Hill, the OC. It felt very bronzed, very very Californian, very um, like overt and sexual and quite threatening. And I find I think I find a lot of comfort in this sort of imagery, which okay. felt... Um, equally more unattainable than the Paris Hilton thing, but um, so it's sort of pr- it's princessy somehow. almost, isn't it? Yes, it's a fairy it's, story. Yes, like. it's very princessy. Yeah, and um, and and I think for my mother, that's a very hermetically sealed image of me of just sort of desperately trying to copy the winged eyeliner <laughs> and, and like experimenting with hot rollers and trying to sleep in them, but then not being able to sleep in them and all that kind of stuff. And no harm can come to you on that balcony. Yeah, exactly, precisely, <laughs> precisely, and. Um, the other one is blank and it's from my brother and it's um yeah, Simpsons frame and it's you can see there's three pins in it from one Brilliant. of the Brilliant. Signs of love, those Signs are. of love, yeah. It is in my kitchen. Um I do love it. And it just says, Hey girls, it's the Corey hotline. Why won't she call? And it's a picture of a young man on a bed waiting for a woman to call. So remind me where that fits into the Simpsons pantheon. What what bit so, is that? Um, it is uh, uh, Lisa, who's uh, everyone knows Lisa Simpson. Yes. I don't, I need, don't. I'm not going to explain Lisa Simpson dear, in the dear 21st listeners, century. <laughs> please refer yourself to the Simpsons podcast. <laughs> Um, she gets addicted to a um, sort of a 1-800 number hotline, ah, okay. which is just sort of um, like teenage boy voice actors recording. Hey, I'm Corey. Wow, <laughs> it's great to hear from you. And she ends up running up huge phone bills. Oh, that was a great idea for an episode. Yeah, well, it was. That was... they've done. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets completely addicted and she goes to this whole kind of rehab situation with uh, this. Okay. And, um, well, and they made a yeah. postcard from that one episode. Yeah, well, my brother managed to track one down anyway. I mean, he tracked it down, but he didn't bother filling it in. So. Mm. <laughs> um, well, everyone has their sort of favourite Simpsons moment. Yeah, yes. that's definitely up there. That's Is a great it? one. I, I associate it with the. Um, there's an, another episode, I can't remember which one, but where a teenage girl is reading. Sort of magazine on the steps in school, yeah. and the title is "Non Threatening Boys." <laughs> yeah, oh my god, I love that one. That's perfect, so good. <laughs> yeah. that's fab. Yeah, um, they they know how to put things on the nose, and actually, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, I've got three siblings, but my next oldest brother, who sent me this, um, he we we're, we are both huge Simpsons fans, and we we've always had that Bart and Lisa dynamic kind of thing. Okay. And I think he's always just sees me as sort of this desperate little loser who's always following him around. <laughs> There's always a subtext. There's always a subtext. So yeah, these two together, they're very much. Um, I feel like who I am in my family. Yeah, yeah, you're being defined by these images, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the big Parisian one. It, mm. it strikes me that was very much designed to be kept hold of. Yeah, because it's big I think and it's so. on. It's nicely printed as well, isn't it? It's not. It's not rubbish. It's meant to be 
I mean, I mean I, I'm not framed up exactly, yeah. but I think it was meant to be kept. Yeah, it, definitely when you see the, the postcards on the turnstile, it's the one that's kind of higher up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The three-pounders yeah. as opposed to the two-pounders. Yeah, I and, thought for a minute it was Gene Seberg, but it's not, is it? I thought, yeah, I, I had first thought um, Grace Kelly, but it just says in the back, uh, mannequin sur un balcon de Paris. Does it have a date? It doesn't. I don't mean the post, the, the, the sending. the. Um, It doesn't, you know. I just wonder, is it is it really old or is it really reproduced? Is it sort of? It seems reproduced to me. But you're, you, I'm handing it over to you for the. No, I think eye. it is a real old picture, isn't it? It's not. Um, you got that, there's only kind of fuzz. You know, because the then they sort of started faking up pictures of uh, various sort of '60s starlets. But I think it's a real picture. There's some nice sort of puddling on the. Yeah. Oh, it's been a, it's been raining, yeah. so it's I think it's a proper old picture. It is the it's ultimate. A lot of fun. You know, it's the ultimate picture for a 16 year old girl isn't it really yeah I love the way yeah. she's peering yeah I mean, it's like slightly superior slightly wary yeah she's like, not she hasn't bothered walking up to the edge she appears it's a real let them eat cake kind of image yeah yeah an image for our time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's very good well thank you thank you very much uh, Caroline for sharing those with us now Esther What's the first delivery for us? I think, are we starting... No, let's start with these no, ones, I think. OK. Um, it's pretty arbitrary, but let's start with these. I've just been sort of piecing this together on the way here because um, I, I've got a very close friend of mine, Naomi, who travels a lot for work. She's an academic, so she goes wherever she finds a job. And um, I was trying to work out from the date where she was when she sent this. And it was 2014, so she must have been in Istanbul. And I think it was when she just moved there. Uh, It's a Tintin postcard. And I think she actually bought it at an exhibition we went to see together. Uh, And then sent it to me after she arrived. Not the exhibition Um, at uh, Somerset House. Um, no, I think, well, I'll, I'll read the deal, yes, Unpick it, unpick it. Because uh, she says, this is a small souvenir from our trip to Beck's Hill. Oh. So it must have been there. Um, she said, I've been enjoying the photos from our trip, although it already feels so far away. Sad. I'm currently pro- procrastinating struggling to get back to solitary living why is it always this way oh. i want a bit <laughs> <laughs> and, and i think that was kind of the cycle she went to, through every time she moved right somewhere new um and just because it sounds so glamorous going from place yeah, to place. Yeah, it, it yeah. does, it does. But I think it was often very lonely, yeah. kind of upping sticks and moving everything and often not being there long enough to, yes. to get to know people. Uh, there is a happy ending to oh, this. Um, she says, um, anyway, it's only a month until I'm over again. Uh, chat soon, internet permitting uh, and the sort of footnote to her moving to Istanbul and feeling very lonely there is that she ended up meeting her partner oh. of five years there and oh, <laughs> so there was there was a happy ending oh, right. to that story. a trip of opportunities yes mm. yeah and these images uh, these Hergé drawings yes. are just irresistible on postcards I know they? they're great. I love the bears yeah so this one is of some bears coming to eat Tintin's sandwich he hasn't spotted them yet and Snowy's run off already brilliantly he oh, yeah. He literally just got to know his feet and tail. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's scarpering. So, as ever, he's ahead of the game. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> and, and I love Tintin as well, so I think that's probably why she sent that one to so me. You went to an exhibition in Becks Hill of Tintin? Yeah, they've got that pavilion. The Delaware. There. Yeah, I assume it must have been something we picked up there. Yeah. Um, but I... I can't honestly remember it. Well, you, yeah. you've got enough, haven't you? Because yeah. you've got that thing that just yeah. ties it all together there. Exactly. Very good, very good. Now, you've got another one which is yes. a rather sort of romantic photographic scene. Yeah, it's sort of, I guess, quite a stereotypical postcard of um, a street scene in Barcelona, uh, sort of sun-soaked, and you can see... Dawn, is it? Or? I think so. 
Um, and this is this is from my sister, uh, my little sister Helen. Um, it hasn't got a date, um, but it's quite sweet because I think she must have sent it just when I was sort of um, in my second or third journalism job, and when I started to kind of get things published, right. you get a nice response from people saying, oh, I saw that online. Yeah. And like, it's actually real. Like, yes. You just... didn't count until yes, yeah. <laughs> suddenly you're real. <laughs> she says, I googled you earlier because of something Mummy said about you having written lots of articles. And there is a life coach and a masseuse who shares your name. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They're the ones I went to invite in today. (laughs) Sorry about that. Apparently, she's very good. (laughs) Barcelona's nice. No MTV, sadly. Uh, Lots of cheese, so I'm all right. And the beer is very cheap. Very good. Um, That is a perfect... Yeah, that must have been, at least the noughties, because MTV was still a thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, you're you right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be an issue now, then. No, you wouldn't uh, complain about no MTV now. And he's also got some uh, sort of art critique on the photo. Oh, that's itself. good value. So she says, plus there's culture and all that. I do think the taker of this postcard <laughs> photo. <laughs> Could have waited until <laughs> until that woman had stopped digging around in her handbag. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. <laughs> because you can see. I want to see, yes. Well, she's not wrong, is she? <laughs> and she's, she's actually spotted the camera as yeah. well. She's probably saying, well, I, I, I want a royalty. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the sad. feedback for the picture takers in Barcelona. Because you see that a lot less now. Uh, the odd people in postcards. A lot of the crime, I look at far too many postcards, and I do sometimes find people who have been caught at unfortunate moments in the cards, mm. and obviously they didn't have Photoshop then. They said, well, fine, let's just print it. Yeah. I mean, I've got some that are very, very unlikely. People appearing to be relieving themselves by a tree. <laughs> or, really? There's a very odd one of a place near Barcelona, actually, um, at Sitges, the seaside resort, and there appears to be in the foreground a man with a sort of whip running towards the person taking the picture in wow. anger. Oh, my and God. I, I don't even know what that oh is. Oh, my God. But, uh, anyway, uh, someone bit, looking through the handbag is equally good. But. It's a bit like um, a Google Street View, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. to, like, blur people out. And I think if you take enough pictures... Yeah. There's going to be some odd ones. It's just yeah. like a statistical thing. There'll be something completely. Eventually, you'll find a spaceship because yeah. <laughs> it's just you keep doing it forever. Something yeah. will happen. Well, very good. One more of mine now, um, quickly. This is. Um, I mean, oh. God knows what that is. It could be anything, couldn't it? It's just like an abstract view. Yeah. It's actually Lime Bay, um, mm. wherever Lime Bay is. Dolph- uh- well, it? it's yeah. not Lyme Regis, oh, and it was okay. sent from York. Oh. But I don't know. It might be Lyme, as in... And, in fact, it's the Portland Gallery, so maybe this is Lyme Regis. It's a bit of a mystery. More research required. Uh, it's been sent to Cambridge. Um, and the message... Uh, just a slightly odd thing, really. It says... Uh, it's sent by someone called uh, Christine, um, and she says, I hope that this card finds you well. Take great care. Thank you for the grapefruit spoons. <laughs> oh. So, um. That was excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope you both have nice grapefruit spoons at I home. They're the ones with the don't. serrated edges, aren't they? Are they? Yes, they're a very specific type of spoon. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, Caroline. I certainly had never heard of a grapefruit spoon. There's a wonderful, um,. A uh, poem by Emily Berry, something called I think it's called the the biographer comes to dinner. Oh yeah, and it's about about it like a, a young girl who like her father is being biographized or something, <laughs> if that's a word, and um, she's tried to show off to the biographer by showing him her grapefruit spoons ah. and their serrated edges. It's a wonderful poem. You there you go, it. and it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. I think this guy, this person's showing off. Yeah. What have they been given them? It's the ultimate thing to show off about the ultimate Reblin good. 
or maybe it's a sort of double-edged ha-ha thing to give someone. Yeah. But if you if you gift people grapefruit spoons, it shows that they need grapefruit spoons. You know? <laughs> yes. You're the person who didn't have the grapefruit spoons. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to podcasts from the past, the Postcard Podcast, and my guests today are Esther Weber and Caroline O'Donoghue. And I'm happy to say we received a postcard. Mm-hmm. And the postcard is from Mrs. W. Wheatley of Stanley, County Durham. And uh, Mrs. Wheatley says that the answer is a pack of playing cards. Oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Wheatley, that's the wrong answer. Try again. <laughs> now, on with the podcast. Caroline. Yes. What's the second slash third card that you've got for us? Something special, I think. Uh, it's quite special to me, yeah. Um, so, looking at it, it's it's very clearly one of those postcards that comes in like a book of postcards that oh, you buy. Yes. This is not something you buy from a turnstile. It's, um, yeah, it's just a picture of a uh, juniper. And it's not even that clear on what kind of juniper it is. It's an Irish, Swedish, or English juniper. It's, uh, Take it's, your pick. it's, it's illustrated. It's not a particularly fancy looking one. And it's, um, I think I can see a bit of my own toothpaste on it, which shows you how often I pick it up to read it. And um, it's important to me because it is from the author David Sedaris. Oh, lovely. Who, um, he was one of, a huge, huge uh, influence of mine, kind of. Um, I, th- I think ooh, I, I read Dress Your, Dress Your Family in Corduroy and Denim when I was very, very young. And it was the first time that I had read somebody's writing where um, they weren't going after these huge plots or these huge emotions. It was just very incidental, like funny tales about their own family that somehow captured the entire human experience without having to push it too hard. Right. You know? um, and Which so is a tough trick. A tough, tough trick. And he's um, a huge hero of mine my entire life. And um, uh, I, I finally got to interview him for the Irish Times. And that, and that was enough for me and he is somebody who was interviewed a lot when he, a book comes out he's on a huge press tour and that was enough and um, then about a week later I received this postcard oh. and, I, and I was so excited but I found out that he does of course he does with everybody <laughs> literally everyone <laughs> we'll cut that bit out we'll yeah. cut that bit out it's still quite classy though it's so classy yeah. really? exactly the kind of person you want yeah. to be isn't it but that's a morning's work as well, catching yeah. up with everyone like that. So yeah. that's brilliant. I think he just he flies a lot. So I'm um, literally everywhere. Everyone he meets, he takes down their name, and um, in a little book. And I, I remember I had such a limited time with him. I had 25 minutes with him or something ridiculous like that. And um, he spent the first sort of four trying to get my name right. <laughs> I was like, no, we're eating into valuable, yes. valuable connection time, David. <laughs> Forget about me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. And um, he says, and I love how he's got awful handwriting, which I love. Um, Dear Caroline, thank you for taking the time to talk to me yesterday. I could go on about RuPaul's Drag Race forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit disappointed with this season's winner, but I'm not going to cry about it. Sincerely, David. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's very personal to your conversation. Though, yeah, Jack. no, that's true. So he, I, I was very, um, you know, quite moved that he was, um, he remembered our long argument about RuPaul's Drag Race. And 
when are you putting it on eBay then? <laughs> I can't wait for the death, surely. Can't wait for the <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but what you've got to use it as a bookmark in one of his books, surely. Yeah, no, that's, that that's that is where it lives. And then right it, now. it'll get no more toothpaste on it. That way. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it was. It was. Um, I don't know. I I I I'm just still. I'm so charmed by it every single time I look at it, even though I know everyone gets one and this is just part of what he does. It's just... Uh, we, uh, everyone says don't meet your heroes, but when you do and then you have a little artefact of them, it yes. just feels even more special, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the the, the sort of book world, and he's definitely in the book world, yeah. is somewhere where postcards sort of survive a bit, like sort of promotional postcards when books yes. come out. and so I think it's sort That's of... That's so funny. I hadn't even thought of that because I've just finished writing about a hundred of those for... Oh. Um... <laughs> you should have brought one. Should have brought them, Then yeah. we could have told the listeners about your new book. <laughs> As it is, it's a secret and they'll never know. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you've got them for your book? I do, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I spent a whole afternoon uh, writing out postcards to various friends and acquaintances. And uh, it's, it's, it's funny because when you're writing loads of them, you um, uh, start... You, you kind of want to rely on private jokes so that you know the same what David's done here you want to refer to something you've both spoken about but some of these people you haven't talked to in years uh. so you're going through emails and whatsapp conversations to find some speck of humour of a oh. joke once shared <laughs> <laughs> little common things yes exactly wow yeah. well, that's very good of you because you could have just signed them or... yeah I, I don't know I think you can't, the thing with the emotional touch is you want to sort of I'm, I'm sure what David's done here you want to sort of guilt people into giving you a good review or to, into reading the book because so many of these proofs they just don't get read they end yeah, up in the yeah. Been, so you want to hook people in with the uh, it's yeah, all, and I guess it's all you, very strategic. Yeah, it, it, manipulative, some would say. But you, <laughs> but you've got you've got that opportunity anyway. So you might as yeah. well put something. It's a personal thing, a postcard. It's not an email. So. Yeah, yeah, and it did, and you know, it did feel lovely. And I, I did have that sensation of I should do this more often, and not until just when the next get book another comes book out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that maybe that's your incentive to keep you writing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You get to play with a postcard. Exactly. And is it the book cover? Is it just the same? It is the book cover. Yes. It's a nice thing. Is there something magical about seeing the cut? Co- it's nice to see a book cover anyway. Yeah. But to see the on a card, it, I don't know why that works so well, but it does. Yeah, yeah. So it's just simple, simply effective marketing technique. Yeah, very good. We love them. Well done, publishing. I say. <laughs> now, Esther, you've now got a rather sort of classic, beautiful image for us. Yes, Stunning. it's a it's a black and white photo of Elizabeth Taylor, um, sort of in her prime, I guess. Um, but it's although it's actually quite an interesting composition because it's mm. not a kind of head-on mm. shot of her. It's her appearing to be on a break, maybe on set with like you can yes. see the lighting. Mm. And she's got a man's coat over her costume. Yeah, she's got a big coat on, and you. Oh my can, God, she's still radiant. Isn't <laughs> yes, oh. and you can see a sign behind her saying. Please do not throw trash in track pits, which oh. is obviously something yeah. they had to mind out for on the on the set. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those signs on the wall here. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but it's quite um, quite a beautiful it, image. It, she's one of those people you see so many pictures of all the time, and it kind of just fades into yeah. the background. But then you see one a candid like that, you're like, oh, that's why she was Elizabeth yeah, Taylor. You exactly, know, yeah, and. Um, it, oh, it tells us this was on the set of Raintree County in okay. 1956. <laughs> Some cheaper rent, <laughs> and where was um, that? That was in Camden. Okay. Um. So, and that was yeah, where my dad and siblings have mostly grown up. Um, and we were very, very close with my granny. She was an amazing woman. She was an English teacher, and she was just incredibly 
clever and judgmental and oh, really? rude <laughs> and just quite uh, tricky to deal with, but really good fun. But you, you chose to go and live with her, so you must have had a yeah. way of... Yeah. No, she was she was enormous fun, but, yeah, you didn't want to get on her wrong side. I think she was, she enjoyed sort of meeting my friends who would come and visit if she didn't like you, that was it. There was one of them she described as a thing as tedious as a football. <laughs> and I didn't even know what that Tedious was. as a football? Yeah, I didn't right. even know what that was. It didn't make no. any sense. No, but you know it's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and, yeah, so this actually isn't from her. It's from my aunt, Christina, Um uh, I think it must have been quite soon after my granny died because she, she was a bit of a hoarder. She had loads of boxes of stuff and old articles and books everywhere and now I've sort of acquired some of them <laughs> and everyone has, I think, in the family. Um, but, yeah, this is from my aunt Christina and she says, Dearest Esther, this is a card that was in granny's box of cards that I seem to have inherited. <laughs> I wonder if she had this one because the photograph reminded her of you. It does me. Gosh. Um, I think that's very generous, but anyway, I'll, to, I'll to, take... For, for the listeners, you know, yeah. you've, got, you've got that colour. I've got a dark hair. <laughs> um, you must be very busy with election fever as I write this. Um... Anyway, I hear you have a new flat, so this is a housewarming card for you and Laura. I hope by the time this reaches you, Obama has been re-elected. Aww. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> so, stamps the date on it. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it was 2012. Um, and actually, yeah, this was on my fridge for ages. Well, since... I got it, so I think I actually forgot about the the message on the back. But um, it, I just thought it was very sweet of my aunt to pick it up and send it my way uh, because she knew I'd like it. Yeah, and also it it, it mentions this box of yeah. stuff, and you know these cards all come from boxes of stuff. Yeah, Whether they're cards, yeah. the boxes you've got, or you know when when I get a box of. 5,000 cards on my doorstep at three in the morning or whatever. They, that's People have poured those boxes of cards yeah, in yeah. and, you know, it's like that's there's a weird thing that goes on. Yeah. With st- stuff gathers and, in fact, it gathers and then it flies away again in a way. Things yeah, get yeah. separated out again. They're like yeah. birds flocking and separating and I, I, it's kind of beautiful but sad. Yeah, I... When I was going to... Digging out these cards, I had to get my box of cards down from the shelf, and I felt a bit like, Oh, god, I don't even know what's in there. Yeah, there's an emotional like, burden in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny because these things all get, as you say, in the boxes of stuff, and everybody yeah. has one. Um, they, they get grouped together because of format, because they're all made of cards. Yes. Yeah. But yes. emotionally, it's all yes. over the place. Yes. Yeah. Bereavements, birthdays, whatever. Yes. This you know would mean? not make a good recipe book. Yeah, yeah. They're exactly. completely separate things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I've always wondered, so um, these boxes of postcards that you see at markets and the kind of things that you, you go through, are they from estate sales or where are they from? Well, I, I, I have people who send me... Oh, you have Money changes hands and, and large yeah. numbers arrive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think they are ultimately from... Yeah, house clearances and yeah. and and that, but also I think I don't quite understand it. But for a long time, I think churches collected postcards, and I don't know what they were hoping to get from really? it, how they were hoping to benefit long term. But I do think, yeah, I think they used to collect old postcards and I suppose sell them on for scrap or something. I think some of the cards I get have sort of somehow been gathered by church. I'm reading like, the clues, you know. It feels but. very like Philip Pullman, doesn't it? Like gathering dreams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's boiling what I'm them doing. down. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> gathering dreams, yes, boiling them down and destroying them. <laughs> Watching the ink run. Um, yeah. And I, I definitely see them as orphans, these cards, because I've got, because you know, your cards are absolutely going to. Uh, pulsating with meaning because you know exactly who they're from and they're, yeah. what they mean and and yet the cards I get in the box are they're orphans they're just the, the names mean nothing and I'm just picking up a little bit hopefully I can find things in the messages that do resonate with people more generally yeah. but they're not 
specific like yours. Yours are, you know, yours belong to you and they have real meaning, I think. Do you, do you feel like a sort of harried foster parent with too many kids and you're like, I want to learn all their names, but I can't. No, I think it's more like having a pond full of fish or something. <laughs> <laughs> because you, there's too many to make sense of. People yeah. probably ask you this all the time. Have you ever heard from someone who's... Oh. Who, well, who knows one of the participants? Well, from Twitter, people often jokingly say that must be from me. Yeah. yeah. Because if it's, if I say if I find a card that says I don't know we had three bottles of beer or something, yeah. and everyone jokingly says oh that was from me or that yeah, was from yeah. my auntie or yeah. my brother or something, and very occasionally people say I really think that was from me, and it <laughs> it, it it isn't really <laughs> because statistically, no. um, I mean I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of cards, but there are out there. Millions, and they were sent even more millions. Yeah. The chance of it being from someone is very, is so remote. Um, well, I guess they they say that because there is something really universal. Precisely, it's, it's made a connection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and no, I'm flattered and delighted yeah. they see that because hopefully that means I've chosen a bit from the message that that has some resonance, and whether that's a mm. you know whether it's touching or funny or odd, it just has some resonance to their life. I mean, it certainly could happen, um, but I've you know people sometimes say, well, why don't you put the names and why don't you put the address and why don't you put the date. Um, and if I was running a sort of history project, I'd do that. But I'm not running a history yeah, project. Right. I'm running a, I don't know what it is, an art project. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, something different. It's, something, it's, it's more about, it, it's closer to poetry than history, I hope. Mm. But, um, but how kind of you to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've seen all the cards you two have for us today. Thank yes. you very much, both of you, for bringing them in. Um, as ever, I never know where the cards will send us. Um, I'm delighted you share them with us. Another quick reminder for everyone at home. Um, images of all the cards we've seen today, the pictures, not the messages, um, will be on the blog at postcardfromthepast.co.uk. The scanner is being heated up even as I speak. Um, oh, including one last one from me in the past postcard style, um, as we do on Twitter and in the book. And this is uh, a multi-view of the Isle of Purbeck. So we definitely endorse it now. I don't know what the last one, we definitely are now. And um, helpfully it tells you what the four, the three, four bits are. Uh, the Blue Pool, Old Harry Rocks, Swanage, Corf Castle and Lulworth Cove. Um, and the uh, message says um, we had a lovely week at Swanage last week frankly I don't like Bournemouth <laughs> so, wow uh, Damn. Doreen made it, made it fairly clear you know Doreen. Sw- Swanage okay uh, won't bother with um, now, uh, before we let you go, I've got one more postcard for you both to oh. have a look at. Um, it has become customary for us to end the show with one of these, so I will pass that across to you to have a look wow. at. Wow. Perhaps you could let our listeners know what we're looking at. Uh, it's a beachside scene with a, a large um, in- industrial-looking building. It's almost Bauhaus-y. Am I supposed to recognise the building? <laughs> no, it's not a quiz. No, because I, I think that's pr- it's a pretty hideous kind of building, actually, It's isn't disgusting, it? yeah. Um, yeah. It's sort of like... Battersea Power Station a bit, but yeah. half yes. of it. But you're half. on the beach, and what do you want looming behind you? Yeah. I think it's a military memorial, actually. My God. And it's, there's... Um, there's a German... German flag. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> in Germany, on the Baltic, I think. Ah, OK. Um, and and it, obviously the, the card itself? Well, it looks like, yeah, it's... Um, it, it looks like it's had a disc... Yeah, punched oh, through it, yeah. yeah. It's like there's been a vinyl on top of it or something. It's been used as a vinyl sleeve because there's some kind of imprint on it. Well, What's it is about? actually a musical postcard. Ah. Oh my goodness! So, so, oh yes, on the back it says um, it plays La Paloma by Redier Zbunner Kavner. Flawless. <laughs> Do you love that? Well, yeah. if we ask Tom, uh, young Tom next door nicely, he might be able to take it to his record player, oh and, and if we put our headphones on, something might happen. <laughs> <laughs> When sending a postcard isn't enough, you get music too. Oh my god, this is so strange. It's, it's, good, the, it's, it's so good. It's quite atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it evokes the beach. No. But no. something. It's sort of um, being sort of down and out in a Mexican cantina, isn't it? It's being like... I've never been there, actually, Caroline. <laughs> Just sort of spinning empty tequila bottles yeah. and peanut shells across the table, being like, you got to get me out of here, meal. You know? 
I always say exactly the same thing. It's not bad for a piece of cardboard. Not I mean, bad. you know. And you know how you, when you have a vi the vinyl revival, you'll be so careful with your vinyl. No, send it through the post. It'll be fine. It definitely does not make me think German beach. No, no, no. But then again, the front of a card is often very different from the back of the That's card. That's very so, true. You know, why can't the picture be different from the, from the music? Well, as the cardboard naval memorial continues to rotate at exactly 45 revolutions per minute, that's it for this time on Podcasts from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Carolina Donahue and Esther Weber. Thank you both. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Tom. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book Postcard from the Past by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.